0: Welcome to the Dev Morning Show at Night. My name is Cassidy Williams, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Zach. What did you eat today?
1: I ate a cheese sandwich from the freezer, but it had chicken in it.
0: (laughs) Was it frozen?
1: It was frozen.
0: (laughs) Zach! Do better. Anyway, speaking of doing better, we have Moriel on the call. (laughs) Moriel Schot. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Moriel Schottliner is a principal systems architect at Wikimedia Foundation. Wikimedia or Wikipedia? What should we say?
2: Ah, so the foundation itself is Wikimedia and we support all the operations of Wikipedia Mm. and 11 other projects. Not a lot of people know that. But we also have Wiktionary and Wiki Commons, and mm. I'm going to forget a whole Whoa. bunch Wikidata and MetaWiki, and we have a whole bunch of other things that people are not aware of that we have. So cool. we are the foundation, Wikimedia, uh, but you're most familiar probably with Wikipedia, the website. So Neat. I definitely so had small never websites known. mostly. <laughs> tiny. Yeah. Tiny, only around the fifth. Uh, I think we're, we're somewhere in the top five. Oh my God. Depending where. Wow. So it's tiny. <laughs> Amazing.
0: (laughs) So, because it's such a small website that only covers like a fifth of the internet, uh, you probably have to solve a lot of really big problems. What are you working on right now that like interests you in particular that you'd like to talk about today?
2: So this is cool. So I do a couple of things Um, right now as a systems architect. We are looking at the future of Wikipedia and Wikimedia and all of these websites, other uh, uh, you know, projects that we have in terms of how what does knowledge and the services of knowledge means in a world where, let's face it, reading full articles, like full pages, is less of the things that people do today online. So people do read Wikipedia, and Wikipedia is very relevant, but that's not the only thing that people do online, or that's not, no longer the main thing probably that people do. And then that, that's the question for us, like where is technology going? And what does that mean for uh, kind of a website that is crowdsourcing information that is valid, right? Like making sure that the information is crowdsourced and also valid cited. And what does that mean for the new style of information? So that's mostly what I'm working on. Uh, and then there's always my passion, which is what I started with, which is localization. And then how to also make sure that we are approaching everyone uh, equitably and allowing uh, basically all human on earth, right? That is our mission, to make sure that uh, information is available and accessible to everybody on earth, which is, you know, tiny, small goal. Uh, but what does that mean and how to make sure that it is actually accessible and convenient in all languages in all what it means to devices and whatever that means to the the accessibility, all of that kind of stuff. Like, how, how do we kind of approach this and look at this?
1: So, so. does that mean, uh, do you work on localization as part of your day-to-day duties at, at uh, Wikimedia, Wikipedia?
2: I'm still so confused. So not anymore. So right now I am doing, my, my day-to-day work is uh, systems architecture. And, but... The, the idea about localization is that it never goes away, right? Like, you know, we're looking at the Wikimedia now as a system, as kind of like Wikipedia and the rest, and how does it work, and where are we looking at? And localization is a piece of this. And this is kind of like once you, once you get into localization, accessibility, and stuff like that, it never goes away. So I may not no longer uh, submit code that actually touches on a localization problem, but I definitely work with localization in mind. And I think that's true for all of the uh, movement, all of the movement of uh, Wikimedia uh, and Wikipedia. It's something that's been very, very important since the beginning. And we also have to do that, I guess. Uh, We are pioneers in in terms of localization and languages. We support 320 languages online right now, uh, which is uh, a lot higher than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. So the actual whole world it's wild it's not the whole world yet we're trying to add more languages just to make you know make a point here
0: a lot of the world more than most (laughs) websites in the world (laughs) truly
2: yes fair
0: speaking of things that make the world go round, advertisements here is an ad from our sponsors of the show
1: the dev morning show at night is a sponsored podcast i mean someone has to pay the bills around here We're sponsored by LaunchDarkly, and LaunchDarkly is the first scalable feature management platform. That means dev teams can innovate and get better software to customers faster. How? By gradually releasing new software features and shipping code whenever they want, fast-tracking their journeys to the cloud, and building stronger relationships with business teams. Thanks for the money, LaunchDarkly.
0: Could you talk a little bit more about what systems architecture Means because some of us in this room totally know everything that it entails, and some of us don't. That's me. <laughs> so could you go into a bit more detail about, like, what what does day to day systems architecture look like in your work?
2: Yeah. So this is, um, I think my um, my coworker um, defines it really well by uh, saying. Uh, architecture is the translation of strategy into technology. Mm. So there's a lot of ways to look at how the future looks like technologically. Right. So, and, and architecture is happening in multiple layers, right? Like if you build an app, you have some sort of architecture you decide on, but our architecture is like, you know, confined or usually kind of, you know, relatively smaller, right? Like this thing, but you're still thinking about it. And the way to think about it is also like, what is the strategy of this app? Where is it going? What's the vision where I'm going? And that's how you choose stuff. And then the same thing has happened when you move up and up to kind of something that contains more things uh, in front of you. So if we talk about Wikipedia, we have now a much bigger system. And again, if we talk about Wikipedia and we talk about the 11 other projects, each project, almost each one, has 320 languages in it. Now you're talking (laughs) about 900 websites. But those 900 websites operate with the same system underneath, right? We call it MediaWiki. It has a system underneath. But that system is still about 20 years old now, 21. Um, it's PHP, Lamp Stack. It works, don't get me wrong. But when we're thinking about the future now, right? Like, do we want to do things that support like videos and the new style of, of doing stuff and, and better kind of like, you know, APIs that do machine learning, whatever it is that we're looking AR, VR, whatever, right? We need to start thinking about what is the future and move towards the future. So your architecture thinking is now dealing with a lot larger system, right? So you're looking at the strategy of the system and you're looking at where you're going. And then you're looking at the component and not necessarily delving into like, is this component made up right? But what would these kind of components need? What kind of services or what kind of structure generally or what kind of things we can do to allow for developing the type of direction we want to go with, right? So that's what we're thinking. It has to do... A lot of the strategy discussions, but also experiments, right? Because there are certain questions we can't answer. Like we don't actually know what it would look like specifically to edit certain things that we want to get to. And so in order to get that, we also design these kind of, well, we need to answer these kind of questions. How do we do that? How do we answer that? How do we pivot? How do we go? And so it's kind of like both ways of the strategy of listening and getting the, the strategy and figuring it out, but also figuring out what the what the strategy is in all of those layers to give us an idea of where to go.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so many levels. It's yeah. it's really cool, but it it goes it goes so much deeper than honestly just most companies have to think about because there's there's so many levels. But at the same time, we probably should be at, at all of these companies thinking about it the way that you are and, and it's it's probably changing the face of a lot of localization and and patterns and scaling that companies just haven't thought about before. Yeah.
2: Yes, and I think that some companies also have the benefit of being able to pause maybe, like pause development, we're gonna rewrite this thing, re-architect it, do great, and then move. And some don't, like there's no way that we are shutting off Wikipedia even for one second if we can help it, right? So the question is also how do we do that? How do we move forward and stuff like that is a very big question. And while we do that, we also know that we have new things we have to do. Like, for example, we're talking about localization. We need to make sure that we're opening ourselves a lot more to new areas and new editors that may not have been editing as much on Wikipedia and may not have enough information or, you know, and so how do we do that? How do we continue or start to better support more languages, better languages, more accessibility, all that kind of stuff, while also thinking about this new thing? So it's multifaceted, but... It's fun. It's, you know, a lot of really interesting challenges uh, to think about. And speaking of editors, what
1: is your favorite terminal or editor to use?
2: Nice,
0: Zach. A plus segue.
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, it kind of depends. I know I'm a very bad participant of the editor war. it's uh yeah i don't i i have like you know it depends on what i use it for so mm-hmm. regularly if i do web stuff uh which is my usual thing that i do i use vs code uh i moved to it from sublime and then Atom and now vs code uh, i find it very very useful lots of really cool extensions that i use and i just get used to it and it's great when i upgraded my computer i cried a lot because oh, no. i forgot what what kind of extensions i had and then i had to like take <laughs> them up again and get it exactly to the place i want it. but you know, the pain. Uh, but I use IntelliJ for, like, Java stuff because it's it seems to just work better for that. Um, I do Minecraft plugins. You don't use it I
0: don't understand.
2: I did. <laughs> and then someone showed me all the cool stuff that you can do with IntelliJ. And I'm like, all right, all right, I got convinced. So this is what I'm saying. It depends. It kind of, like, it depends where the, what the tools are. Yeah. spoken like a true senior And I know engineer. that VS Code, <laughs> eh, you know. I know VS Code. I don't want any, like, you know, VS Code can also do Java. I know, I know, I know.
0: I get it. I get it. And do you use like the terminal that comes with your computer, or did you get like fancy ones?
2: Uh, no, I used I use the regular terminal. Uh, I use my Ubuntu. I use just whatever terminal is in there. I do use Nano though instead Ooh, of uh, oh. instead of Vim I or
0: Emacs or something. It, hmm.
2: Yeah, I can't. I could never get used to you know. I just Nano is so simple. You just don't, you know, you don't need to remember the, like, Colin, what am I again? Uh, Same. So I do use Nano.
0: Man, I I didn't expect to be alone in the Vim Wars here, but I'll stand strong.
2: (laughs) As you can see, we're very warlike with our choices. Yeah,
0: yeah, so much battling. Um, (laughs) What got you into this industry in the first place?
2: Well, how far do you want me to go? (laughs) Keep
0: it interesting, and you could go as far back yeah. as you want.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a familiar kind of story for a lot of us, like, um, I don't know, passionate computer people. Mm. Uh, when I was very, very young, I got into computers. I was like six. I think of my first thing that I ever did was like a logo Lego. You guys remember logo with the little turtle?
0: Yes. So like you give oh it, am I dating myself here? Is it, that's, that's, that's an old reference. There. I know it not yeah, from my personal you. experience, from but from like... A Wikipedia article,
2: I think. When dinosaurs were roaming the earth, (laughs) I used Logo. So when I was like six or something, um, we connected, you know, Lego stuff and whatever. And we did Lego. And I remember I made um, like a little robot arm. And all it did was uh, if you put like sugar, you have to put sugar in it because it wasn't that smart. And then it would dump sugar into a cup and stir. And it was for my dad. It was kind of like, that's it. Mm. And that's how I got into computers. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I can make stuff, do things. Um, but then I, I kind of like, you know, I, I, it was a hobby for the longest time. I didn't really want to work on this. I didn't understand that I could work in this and make money. I know. Yeah. Um, I was always interested in kind of like that technology and stuff, but it was always kind of, you know, I made website, I made whatever, but I worked in actual things. And, uh, I went and did like a physics degree because, uh, you know, I wanted to make money. (laughs) No. Uh, I wanted to be an astronomer. I actually wanted Uh-oh. to be in Star Trek. And when I asked, <laughs> who does not You know how to get there? Yeah, I went to study astronomy as if that'll get me there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I kind of came back to it after after being a little disillusioned with academia and uh, physics. And I was like, you know what? How about maybe my hobby? I can actually do something with it. Mm. And ta da!
0: And here you are, running one of the largest websites. In the world
2: <laughs> running, running I, I think my bosses will have something to say about this but sure i'll get alex up sure, 300 plus languages it's fine i it's fine. Uh, will do yeah you
0: know <laughs> 300 languages
1: i can't believe you learned yes, that absolutely. many
0: yep
2: <laughs> yep yeah, yeah, still more to go but yeah, you're getting there yeah, you're getting true. there kid
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are going to move on to our next segment, and it is the rapid fire questions. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions rapidly with fire. So here we go. Okay. First of all, we all have a domain name or 10 that we're squatting on. What are yours?
2: So I have uh, open wtf. I love nice. the WTF. Uh, That's a good one. I think one. I don't know what what to do with it, but it's there. Um I don't know why but I I got techbro.me. <laughs> I had I had ideas for it and then wasn't sure so it exists and I own it. Uh, and then I bought localization.works localization.fails and localization.rocks. Mm. And I'm still thinking what to do with it by the way in both spellings is with a z oh, and, and with, an with an s. Oh, you're dedicated. Oh wow. So, <laughs> nice. That's it.
1: Next question. What is the most recent thing you
2: over-optimized? So I was starting to get into Arduino. I have it here actually. This cool. is like the over-optimization oh. now. Um, and I totally over-optimized to the code. I, you know, everything was kind of like, let me test out if this works. And then I'm I look at it and I'm like, there's no way I'm just not like making it into a class. And then like that allows me to like, you know, input specific cl- and I just over optimized the entire thing. I only use it once. There was no reason for me to over-optimize <laughs> it, but it was, you know. But you can. And it was in C. It happens. Oh,
0: I mean, yay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds rough. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was basically the mix of emotions I had, <laughs> which is why I, I switched to CircuitPython. So now it's, it's a lot better. There you better. go. There you
0: go. What is your golden rule for coding?
2: So my very first lead of the team used to say, first get it to work. And then make it good mm. which i used to follow a while and I, I thought it was good but then i don't know after getting to more senior and seeing a lot more and working in open source kind of forces you to do that i think a uh, document and comment as if you build it for others whether you build it for others or not mm. like always comment mm. on everything uh, you will thank yourself in a year or in a week when you look at it back and don't understand what you did uh, and you will you know, serve others by maybe considering making it open source.
0: Yeah, I love that. Th- that's also why, like, whenever I figure something out, I write a blog post as fast as I can because you never know when it'll be helpful for someone else or you within a month.
2: So that's that's even next level documentation. Yeah, that's true. I was talking about, like, code comments. This is even better. <laughs> If you can write a blog post after every time you, you do something, that it's is... It's all
0: about sharing knowledge and all it's that. Like... It's a nice organized
2: way. <laughs> it's like master level. That's... Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite it depends question?
2: Well, we talked about this. What editor to use, right? Mm. Uh, mm. Full circle. There wow. we go. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think it depends is probably the answer to a lot of things uh, that people don't think about. So what architecture is best? Mm. Depends. What localization system should I use? It depends... How to translate a certain language depends. It's So I guess the answer to what is your favorite it depends question is it depends. That's very meta. That's I love it.
0: The <laughs> most annoying answer you can give, but it's a true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I am realistic. i love to hear it. Uh, so <laughs> what is the oldest piece of tech that you
2: own? Yeah, that's a good one. So if you'd asked me that, Like a year or two ago, I would have told you that I actually have an IBM XT286, which is a computer from 1986. And I had it not only working, I had it with a, um, like a word editor in Hebrew. What? Like a, like a, yeah, it was... And then my mom decided it's like gathering dust, which was not false and didn't, you know, wasn't worth anything, which probably wasn't false and tossed it out.
0: <laughs> no. Oh.
2: So I guess it depends on your definition of own. I, I still own it, even if it's, you know, in the garbage or something. I mean, no? You
0: don't necessarily no. have easy access to it if it's in the garbage.
2: <laughs> that was not the question, though. True. You should frame the, the way that, you know. We need to work on specificity. That's, I'm sorry. There we go. There we go. So I don't know. What do I still own? What is the, you know, there's so many ancient technologies that today are granted maybe scissors Oh, or scissors. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Paper, parchment. That's (laughs) a way to
1: look at it. Have you written a piece of cringy code and could you explain more if you
2: have? All the time. Nice. I mean, this is the problem of working in open source. Not only have I written cringy source, uh, cringy code, you can see it. (laughs) (laughs) You just look up my name. and then you can see all of the corrections that either I or everybody else tried to make to it. Um, but also because of that rule, right? Like, uh, you know, first make it work, then make it good. Mm. And because we are open source, then a lot of it's kind of like, okay, this is gringy code right now, but we're trying to make it work and whatever. Um, and then we keep refactoring. So there's, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, you gotta be humble when you work in open source because you know, at least yeah. when you you're closed source, you're, well, you know your coworkers will see it, but that's it. But you know everybody online can see exactly what kind of cringy code I votes.
0: I think it's it's a good it's a good like vulnerability exercise almost because a lot of people are just like oh I plan on open sourcing this project after I make it perfect and I think if you just make it open source from the get go you might be like oh no people can see it but it kind of forces you to be just like it's out there. I'm just gonna work on it. It's done.
2: It's also you're gonna get you're gonna get people come and comment on anything, even after you make it perfect, right. to realize that nothing is perfect. So you might as well just like toss it out there. But but it is it does cause you know interesting effects. I, um, a couple of years ago I, I strained my shoulder and I was on uh, some uh, legal medicine and. I was working, and apparently uh, my lead uh, wrote comments on the, like, you know, I was submitting code, and apparently my comments were very philosophical, oh. Oh. and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was very, <laughs> very interesting to go back and read. The code was good. The code was working. Everything was fine, but the comments were, like, very, you know, got into the philosophy of why should we... Mm, what is this about? So, is yeah.
1: this in a Git history somewhere we can peruse? <laughs>
2: You probably can. Perfect. All right.
1: We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Everything's (laughs)
0: perfect. What is your favorite programming pun?
2: Okay, this is not fair because I'm in front of like the the queen of puns here. I know that Um, you are capable, though.
0: You have plenty that you have made me groan with.
2: uh, How many programmers does does it take to replace a light bulb? None. It's a hardware problem. Hey. Uh, Hey.
0: Uh. <laughs>
2: uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> am i supposed to be happy with groaning yeah you should I think be happy i think happen. it's good okay. to
0: feast off of the groans and be just like this this is the power that i've been
2: given <laughs> excellent so good there were enough groaning then i'm perfect. perfect
1: and now the last question what is your most used emoji
2: i think the smirk one, you know the, the like you know half smirk like you know uh, <laughs> yeah. one yeah. yeah that one i don't know yeah, how to do that it's like
0: it's like a kind of side eye. <laughs>
2: with... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like this, this like you're looking at people, knowing what you've done, but you don't know if they can name what you've done, and you're like, uh huh. No, mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah. that's good. So that one is my my main one. Uh,
0: I like to describe that one as there's like a line in SpongeBob where he kind of makes that face and says, "You like Krabby Patties, don't you, Squidward?" <laughs> <laughs> that's such a
1: good one. A good reference. There we
2: go, that's the face. (laughs) That's the face.
0: (laughs) Okay, it is time for the random segment generator. In this segment, something random happens. There's going to be a bunch of different options of what we could talk about. And the first segment is talk and ship, slash, sip. We're going to be spilling some tea. Morial, what's something that's underrated or overrated in the dev community, in your opinion?
2: Ah, overrated. Uh, Twitter threads that are definitive, uh, like, instructions, like, don't use SSR anymore, it's blah, right? Or, like, React is better for everything. jQuery sucks, this is for you, Cassidy. You know. As, as we established, it all depends. I mean, even coming from Wikipedia, we have a lot of cases we see kind of like, don't use SSR. And for us, for example, speaking of localization and accessibility, there are actually really valid reasons to make sure that your website, um, like Wikipedia especially, loads without JavaScript first and then hydrates, right? And that a lot, most of the features, so you can edit even if you don't have JavaScript on. So even features have to be, right? Like... And we're discussing now how much of it, like how many of the features should and shouldn't. But we are in a situation where if you're talking about universities, for example, a lot of them have computers with still my Internet Explorer, which died this week, but um, still have Internet Explorer. And a lot of the JavaScript that modern stuff is written will not work on it. Right. So if we want them to use the website, we got to make sure that it It renders without JavaScript, which means that we might have different use cases than a lot of places. So a lot of those threads that they have good intent and I get it and and a lot of them make good points about stuff. But this absolutism about like this is not good for traffic or for whatever, for not always true. A lot of the things are, you know, you should look at the system, what the goals are and what you really want to uh, achieve uh, and sadly, mostly, most times the one thing that really drops between the cracks when those things happen is localization and support for accessibility and for languages. So they also made me, make me groan, uh, not a well, pun groan, an actual groan, like a, you mm. A know. pained
0: groan that's not <laughs> humor oriented. Sadness. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's very real though. <laughs> I agree with you completely. Cause a lot of times when I see those threads, first of all, a lot of times it's marketing. Where it's someone trying to yeah. market their their specific style of development that they want to put out there, or they're marketing themselves because they want to be a thought leader of some kind. And and right. no hate to the hustle and the people have to do to get by, of course. But you're right. The the absolutisms it it shows such a very narrow column of what can be for specific use cases.
2: You also tend to then you know new people who come in right? Mm-hmm. You you tend to kind of sometimes shame them for what they chose or how they do things, right? Like, you know, there are different choices. People have different tools available for them. Nothing is, okay, remember, there are a couple of things that you shouldn't do, but it's not, nothing is like world-killing horrible in the world of programming. Right. Um, and, you know, making those definitive statements also make people just feel excluded. So even even yes. in that aspect, you kind of...
1: Yeah, we're all you know, trying to learn. I
0: completely.
1: It just... It makes it
2: harder.
0: We're just trying to do our best.
2: Just mm. try it. Yeah, yeah. With a with a chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, straight from the freezer and cheese. Uh, yay lunch. My heart is, is I, I'm identifying. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Between meetings, that's the only choice you have. Uh, <laughs> it
1: really is right now. <laughs> um, okay, well, moving on to the next segment is. What are you proud of? So tell me something that you uh, that you recently built or something that uh, you're really proud of right
2: now. You know, I was thinking about this, and I was like, oh, I built stuff for Wikipedia. I can kind of show you and stuff. But I got to say, the one thing that was very recent that I actually literally shipped code for, and I'm very proud of because it came out really cool, uh, is my personal website. Uh, so, you know, right? I'm
0: saying, came yeah, really because nicely, I so. saw it before we actually <laughs> recorded this. Moriel's website is sick. It's so cool.
2: It it was such an adventure. So uh is the website, and I made a little slider at the top that changes the way that um, just basically replaces CSS files. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all the secrets of how I did it. The right? juice, like, you know, so you know. Um, it's written in Vue, and uh, it's also open source, by the way, because. Of course it is. Uh, so you can actually see what I did in, uh, on GitHub, but um, it 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 has like a little slider with years, so you can you can slide and change, you know, how the website would have looked like in '96 or I think the latest one is uh, the the earliest one is '89, and then there's 1992 where it was kind of like everything took forever to load, so good. and then MySpace somewhere in the middle, I think in <laughs> 2001 or something. Uh, and then slowly it kind of like moves across, like, you know, when you move it. And then there's a future, kind of like how the, the future with a little bit of a, that might be a surprise. I want to check it out these. right now. <laughs> That's such a cool it's, idea. It's right. the
0: coolest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's so clever. I love how you put that together because it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't think of, especially in these different eras of web development. There was a time where Bootstrap was the thing you use, and that is it. And and then there's times where your website was GeoCities-like, where it was just kind of yeah. a lot of Times New Roman and, and some animations in the background and and. It... You remember frames? Heck yes. So. Good. You know I had
2: problems replicating that in View. Oh, I believe I believe oh, it. Oh goodness. Oh gosh. I had to cheat to make Vue think that I'm going backwards in time in order to get. It was. It was definitely an adventure in learning how to uh, program. I don't know, better? Weirder?
0: Differently. Yeah. Differently. What is it? It reminds me, I mean, speaking, we, we touched on the fact that Internet Explorer is now dead, rest in peace. I remember way back in the day, like, when Internet Explorer 7 came out and animated PNG, or not animated PNGs, just PNGs in general were available. And so, like, suddenly you could have transparent, like, rounded corners because you could add images that had that built in. And, and so many interesting things just weren't available back in the day that we take for granted now.
2: But you know what's funny? Um, I tried to um, do exactly what we did back then, right? I tried to use like, you know, images of rounded and whatever. Mm. And it turns out that over the years we upgraded the browser so much that certain things I had to like re-implement in order to work. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we, we did not just add on features. We like, yeah, like the blink tag and marquee, are gone now, but they were all the rage in my space. They were so good. I had to do like, you know, tricks to get them back. Mm. <laughs> good times. What
0: where has the web gone? Uh nowhere good. <laughs> okay.
2: On my website apparently. Yeah, it's yeah. Go. gone.
0: <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> all right, next segment is Launch Lightly slash crash darkly. What is your best advice for someone just starting out in the web development world, software development world in general?
2: Do not listen to Twitter definitive threads. Mm. That's <laughs> take them with a grain of salt. Um, that would be advice number one. See, I, I keep closing it's circles. So good. I know. <laughs> closing
0: all these loops. Love it.
2: So I think I think um, find a place that is safe for you while you learn. So there's a ton of places to learn and you should go around and look for a lot of, but find a place for you to be, it could be a chat room, it could be a classroom, it could be a group of friends, it could be uh open source project that you 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 actually got into and, and is, are supported by your peers. Whatever you find, find a place that that you can kind of like Mentally take a load off and talk to people and brainstorm in a safe environment while you learn, because there's a lot of stuff going on and it's very. It could be very stressful while you learn about like well the new thing is now and now and now and now and you can't keep up, and it's really easy to drown in a lot of that. And there's a lot of opinions out there and you know and and not the entire environment is nice out there. So finding a place that gives you inspiration and gives you the safety, I think, is probably the one thing
0: i think that's so so true i I agree with every single thing you just said and the in particular like the the safe element but also the brainstorming thing that you said being able to just brainstorm with people who high level know where you're coming from where you can just kind of spew ideas until you hit something that you're interested in I think is such a good thing just for your brain in general, for, for thinking out problems. I mean, it's why rubber ducking is, is such an important aspect of coding where you can just talk out your problems. I'm looking at my duck right here to to uh-huh. someone who will listen. And and I agree, having that space is so important.
2: And the intent, I think, is also important because, mm-hmm. you know, even especially when you work in open source, you do uh, some of that brainstorming online. You just put something, we're thinking about blind, a lot of people come in. But a lot of people come in a lot of times with, like, the preservation intention of, like, what are you doing? Don't move my cheese and stuff. And it's really <laughs> good to have a group of people that doesn't judge you when you ask a question. They're kind of like, all right, let's go with it. Like, I don't know, let's see where it leads, right? right? And yeah. it's building... Do you have any places
1: off the top of your head that, you know, people could go to for these kind of spaces, whether it's like a Discord server or something like that?
2: There is a Discord server, you know. Perfect. There is. Can I, can I, am I, am I, I don't know. Can I?
0: I feel like it's weird if I talk about it, so you can talk. All right,
2: I'll talk about it. Cassidy has a really wonderful Discord server called Rendezvous with Cassidy um and you can uh join it by supporting on Patreon or Twitch and it is 100% lovely there are brilliant people there there's brilliant really people. really great moderations there's a lot of people like oh it grew yeah it grew cuz um,
0: you were kind of an OG member of the discord and and now it's it's like i think it's over 100 people a lot.
2: Um, yeah but this is the kind of space that i actually was talking like it is serving that like we play games sometimes together and um cassidy beats all of us in uh tetris, in tetris. you it's-
0: crush all of us in minecraft though because your minecraft skills she's won awards <laughs> people she's really good at minecraft <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i started because of you like you got me into it it's true. Wow. so you know credit Credit goes to—I know—credit or shame, whatever, because you know, I am a little addicted. I, so. I do feel
0: like like a proud parent that like it went too far, and you know, I'm just like, oh no, I really introduced you to something serious here. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's basically what happened. But you did um, it. But yeah, lovely, lovely server. So server, something like that. But wherever, wherever you find yourself. Yeah. Um,
0: I think Zach was one of the people who introduced me to Minecraft, actually.
2: Because we first circle. played it in college. So wait, do we have like a chain a chain of culpability here? <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll just call just Zach pass the blame your along. Minecraft grandfather. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, if you could undo one thing in your career, what would it be?
2: I'm going to be like, I- I'm no fun at this. Uh, I'm going to say, depend- no. Uh, I'm going to say nothing. And not because there are things that, you know, I'm proud of everything. No. But I've been thinking, you know, I, I had a, a trajectory that is not usual for programming, right? I, you know, I started in physics. Uh, I actually started in electrical engineering, and then I moved to physics. And then I worked in physics for a while. Uh, like, I, it wasn't, and, and I was older uh, when I got to, you know, study and started working. I was an intern relatively a lot older than others and stuff and I was thinking a lot about this about kind of like what would have happened if I started a lot early like right in the beginning got into computers well then I wouldn't have the perspective that I do have from physics that I think gives me a lot like a lot of the things about how to model problems I did get from physics and I think it, it shaped the way that I, I solve problems right and there's so many things that happen I think that I take it as you learn from everybody has uh, you know, very unique perspective. And this is also true for diversity. When we talk about diversity, it's really, you know, your experiences shaped you and shaped the way that you approach problems. And that is the benefit here. It's not just, right. It's, and and that to me is like, you know, I wouldn't undo anything. Everything kind of impacted me for like, you know, to where I am now. I will try to then adjust my course maybe, or, or see where I'm going from here. But kind of all of it the good the bad you know it all gave me some perspective that is unique from other people yeah I love and that. i think
0: that's probably the wisest answer you can really give to and like you could get into the physics of it and be just like well think about the different timelines that could have happened <laughs> and I know. the butterfly yes. effect and multiverses um
2: but yeah I- you know there is probably a version of me in a, in a parallel universe that you know has better puns No
0: way. This is the peak. This is the peak (laughs) timeline for puns. I know it. Uh. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of things that are very exciting, like puns, what excites you right now in the world of software development more than anything?
2: So I think there's a lot of conversations right now that are happening about localization and globalization, which I think is very, very good. I don't think the solutions are still there yet but we are starting to talk about it especially you know um the world is a lot more global uh, people are moving people are traveling people are not living in one place anymore they kind of move around and that creates a lot of implications about a lot of the assumptions we used to make about localization localization used to be a lot about local like you're connecting to the internet and then if you're in the u.s you get english and if you're in portugal you get portuguese and that's it uh not true anymore, because you can travel and you can just live in a place. you also have places with multiple languages, right? So all of these things must change and they're starting to now because a lot more people are encountering those problems uh, as opposed to the relative minority of the just the immigrants or just the whatever, right? So I think that is very exciting. I think that opens up a lot of conversations. I would like to see those conversations go towards more towards like, you know solutions that are equitable. sometimes they don't. sometimes they kind of land on it's you know, edge cases or whatever that might not be. But the fact that we start talking about this a lot and the fact that it's being flagged and people notice more, I think that's a good thing for the for the entire kind of world of, of developing software. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you you love to see it too. The the fact that there's so many more diverse perspectives now is it's it's a good thing. And and it it it, it just leads to better products and better experiences for everyone.
2: A hundred percent. A hundred and we see it like we I mean, it was never an argument, really, but we used to get the argument of, like, well, how do we know? We do. We have, like, literally information right now.
0: There is research that proves it.
2: Yes. Agreed. Is it localized research, though? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh. Or globalized with an S. Uh. Me and my full circles. (laughs) There we go.
0: All right. Now it is time for some sage advice, and then we will close up for the day. advice for you today everyone is to not deal in absolutes kind of like what moro was saying with all of the twitter threads that are going out there and the medium articles and and the the opinions on the internet it's very easy to think like wow this must be the one true way to make websites this must be the one true way to build apps it must be the one true way to put together some hacky hardware thing there's no such thing as one true way with software fortunately or unfortunately. And so if someone is saying to you, you are wrong because this is the only way to do it, chances are you might be wrong in a particular case, but not in every single case. It depends is kind of the answer for almost everything in software. So build the best you can, get educated, and that is that. Moriel, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Thank you for having me. This was great. Yes, it was so you.
0: fun. Could you tell us where can people find you on the internet and, and any sort of plugs that you'd like to share with us?
2: Yes. So I feel like I made already a plug for my website, so you can find me there, moriel.tech. Yes. Uh, and you can play around with like the future and past and stuff and tell me whether you like it or not. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and practically everywhere as Poo. it's M-O-O-E-Y, P-O-O, including in Cassidy's chat server, which, you know, come in, join us. Yeah. Um, and that's probably like Muipoo Everywhere and moriel.tech uh, has all of the all of the places to find me, including on Wikipedia, where you can find me as Moriel Schotlander. And uh, you'll just, I'm there.
0: Do you edit lots of articles?
2: I actually... Not so much. I work mm. more on the technical side, so I edit a lot of documentation. Something huh. like software documentation. That uh and I edit some articles. I edit a little bit, but um but I mostly do the you know I, I said you have to comment everything. So I do that. It you know, makes sense. Yeah. On Wiki Full Circle. <laughs>
0: And once again, because making podcasts is expensive, this show is brought to you by LaunchDarkly. LaunchDarkly toggles peaks of 20 trillion feature flags each day, and that number continues to grow, and you should use them. You can head over to LaunchDarkly.com and learn about how. Thank you for making this show possible, LaunchDarkly.
1: I'm Zach, and I'm a devrel at Rive, and you can find me on Twitter at Zach
0: And I'm Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O on most things. I do dev experience for remote, an OSS capital, and memes on the internet. This show, once again, has been brought to you by people who have money, because not all of us do. Thanks, Darkly. You're the best. <laughs> Until next time, bye, everybody!